and then we're gonna clap so it sinks. One, no, on three. One, two, three. <coughs> yo, 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 yo. It's your boy O to the T. <laughs> You'll see why I didn't use the MF part in a second. Um, it's another episode of You Got a Story. I am your uh, host. Your, I don't even know how to describe myself. Your African American black coronavirus free college graduate but doesn't know anything breathing human being all right we'll go with that for now um let me introduce my guests we're doing format changes we're going to start doing some things for the podcast like segments and um first before the music i just want to introduce my guests properly um so yeah let me see how do i want to introduce this one this is my uh, very special guest, uh, the most special guest I'll probably have on this podcast ever, unless I have kids and they turn 18 and I, and I interview them. But other than that, this is probably the, the, very, the very special, special, specialist guest that I'll probably have. She's a, it's a, it's a woman. It's different for the podcast for the few weeks. We've all just had men. Um, so all the listeners that like my conversations with women, just enjoy this one. This one should be interesting. But this is a very intelligent, strong woman who has has surprised them all, even her family. And very inspirational for me. And there's so much I could say. There's just so much I want to say. So much I could say to amp you up. Um, just a real estate agent. Just just, just from that, from picking the fields, from sunup to sundown to, work, to choosing her own hours. It's just a remarkable story. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Please. Please, please help me introduce my mom, my very beautiful, inspirational, just human being, Eloise Middleton. You're the real MVP. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Of course, you know. <laughs> I'm just sorry it took so long. Um, all right, guys. Um, do you want to say anything to the people real quick before we start? I'd like to say I'm glad to be here. It's been a journey with Ortavius as a child, now a man, and I'm super excited about uh, the outcome of his life. I thank God for never giving up on him, and I never gave up on him as well. So that's why I'm here today, and perhaps that's why he feels I'm his greatest inspiration. Mm. Mm. We're going to get all in that in one second. Um, well, as you guys, if you guys have, have picked up, I'm traveling. I'm a traveling podcast. And so I got to the Bay Area and where my mother is at. And so we're doing this. So I didn't bring any equipment, really. Yeah, Ronnie, put it right here. The song, right here, buddy. Right, right here. When I first laid eyes on you and I heard your heartbeat too, oh, I never knew I could witness an angel so beautiful from the very moment you arrived I felt something new inside I developed a love that was so unconditional and I Oh 
Miss Mom. Um, it's a beautiful. It was a beautiful Sunday. Um, it's it's Women Appreciation Month. You're a woman. How does that make you feel to have a whole month? This is so so many. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer, but somebody got to add that. Yeah, go ahead. I am excited that we have a month for women. I actually started doing some social more social media the last month or so and did a bunch of postings for black history and now I'm doing some postings for women I believe that women haven't been recognized as much as they should not because we want to be out front but because we want to be alongside we are not in the back of men we're alongside of our significant others and so I think that we should be recognized for that. I'm appreciative to be a mom. been a mom for 42 years in my life. And some of those 42 years, I was a single mom. So moms have a lot to contribute. And I don't think we get recognized as much. But I, except on Mother's Day, people really do come out on and uh, recognize moms. So I hear that. And I do do understand that but there's a lot of days y'all get of just dudes throwing themselves at you to show their appreciation don't you you don't think so no i don't think so valentine's day i think valentine's day is equally shared between the male and the 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 in my world Mm. we i give my husband flowers Mm. i take him to dinner it's not just him spending the money Mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, always a shared team act in my in my world but you guys have been married for like 12 plus 14 plus so was that was it always like that it was in the beginning was it it's like that been, it's actually going on 16 years and no he was ex- well then i i take that back because <laughs> i'm probably the first woman that gave my husband's flowers on his birthday and he was totally shocked and i sent them to his office Mm. And uh, he was swag. So hey, you know whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave him flowers. Card. I uh, gave him yellow roses, and he was ecstatic. Never got roses before, mm. and I made that my signature that I always give roses to him or carnations that they always yellow mm. to show that I love him. Is that his favorite color, or is that your favorite color? It's not the color because you usually get red roses for different things and white roses for yellow is a neutral color, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I'm trying, I'm letting you know though. That's like like ninety percent of women don't do that. Ninety <laughs> percent of women aren't doing that. Well, I've been told that I should do some training. Oh. <laughs> I think you should. I <laughs> However, honestly do. Uh, I haven't taken anybody up on that, but I've been told that. By my husband, and I've been told that by other men that I know that I should do some classes on on women and what we should be doing for our men, mm. and not necessarily always asking the man to, to do all of these things, and we're not engaging ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I I don't know why you're not a motiva- motivational speaker now, like because. Like we have our conversations, you know. Um, we 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 have our conversations, hours on hours, and we go. We're and we're not even going back and forth. We're literally just talking about this type of stuff. And I'm always bringing you, you know, my twenty my twenties problems. And you, and at some points, you'll just be like, 
yo, I don't know what y'all are doing. I can't speak for these girls. These girls is different. These girls is wilding out. And you don't say that. I say that. And then you just shake your head. And um, I I think that it's it's difficult for me to, to um, I guess, tr- try to... It's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say with it because it's hard to even talk about women because they're always ready to jump at you for the wrong statement or wrong or like because they don't they don't believe that sometimes you can say the wrong thing and mean something even the next day. It's like it's like what what you say is who you are for the rest of your life in the eyes of women. At least from my experience. Well, I think that women are and can be not all women, but a number of women could be emotional women and they haven't grasped the fact that men will say stuff that they have no business saying <laughs> and they haven't thought this through. Yeah. Um, I'm fortunate enough today to have a man who thinks before he talks mm. most of the time. I don't think that my husband says stuff and then said, Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. I think he says that before he says it. And just for the listeners, this is my stepfather she's discussing, not my biological father that me and my brother talk about in length when he's on. Yeah, so I I think that if we if we older women would have real conversations, they call it IRL in real estate, we have IRL mm-hmm. situations. I think IRL would in real life situations about uh, how women should treat their man Mm. and back in the day my mother was an extraordinary extraordinary woman and and wife and mother Mm -hmm. and I looked at her life as I was growing up and I thought wow she loved my dad so much Mm -hmm. he was not anywhere near any man that I wanted to choose but for him (laughs) For him, for her, it was he was all that and every a bag of chips. He was everything to her, and she never, she never discounted him in front of any of her children. That is the number one thing that women do wrong. You should not discount your man in front of anybody, whether it's your stepchildren or their biological children, sisters, brother, anybody, because then. You are supposed to respect your man. The Bible doesn't ever tell us to love a man, a husband. It says respect him. So respect, if you respect somebody, that shows love. Do you think people would, because you're not, you had all boys. So, (laughs) like. Do you think people would question your validity in the in the topic of of women and ladies since you're only one person in this world and you haven't been raising women? I never raised girls, but I do have five sisters mm. and I have two younger sisters. So I think that I have just as much for the validity what is it called? <laughs> validity validity. validity than I might make it up. Woman because um, and then I had my mom mm-hmm. and I think looking at her life, even though it was a long time ago in the minds of young people, when I think about what women did 
before my mom, when I read the stories about how they supported their husband or they supported their man, even the movie just recently done, Just Mercy. I've seen that. And the man who was in, well, I snuck in to see that in jail. Mm-hmm. Weeks before he went to jail, he was found with cheating on his wife. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that woman, the woman, his wife, still wife supported him and still went to bat for him because she knew that that was just a one-time slip-up. People make mistakes. Yeah. People make mistakes, and you have to be able to forgive them. Yeah, I think what I'm finding with relationships, um, the hard work of it is what millennials are trying to skip. Mm. That, that I, I agree. I agree that you can't have a relationship and a what we call a genuine relationship without some work. Anything that is... What is the hard like? What's an example of hard work? Because I think that's kind of the disconnect too. They they think hard work is, um, I can't speak for them, but hard work for me is the big ones, like the big things. Like it's not a leaving the tooth the cap off the toothpaste. It's not <laughs> the toilet seat not being let down. Like it's it's the sun hit your back on on the way in the house from the night before. It's it's an argument where words were said and um. Well, not even that, because I've I've never done that. I've always been in control of my of my voice when I'm. I, I'm, I'm but it's it's also like, oh, your friends are saying this, and you're listening, but you're not defending me, or you're not saying, oh, y'all don't know him the way that I do, or maybe because they've heard that line from women before, they don't belong, they don't want to say it again in the in today. Well, as an older woman, I've learned that I do not discuss my husband's shortfalls with other women mm-hmm. because everybody has shortfalls. So why would I put his laundry out with other women when the fact of the matter is they might be looking for a man who just might just be him. That's now we party. <laughs> now we party. Can we talk about that? about how friends aren't really friends in the women world? Yeah. Can we talk about that just a little bit? Like you don't want to, as you grow older, you don't want to be talking to other my girlfriends, for example, about my man, my husband. I call my husband my man, Mm -hmm. and I always call him that because I want women to know that is my man. You know what? And I'm not giving him up, and we're not having these conversations. Whether he's not good or did something bad, any of that. Do you want the one person we're going to talk about his shortfalls is going to be with God, God and him, mm. just him, the Lord and him don't. Okay, Lord, I need you to do such and such. And then I'm talking to him. You know what? Um, communication is key for me. Yeah. When you don't communicate, you don't have a relationship. I 100% agree. You can't have it because if you talking to all your friends out there, you're not talking to the man. You wasted all that time. You, you could have been all talking that to the time man. and energy. And guess what? The more you harbor on that, the worse that situation will get. Yep. So talk to that person because that person may not even know what you're feeling. But see, that's you taught me to be bold. Like that's a bold thing to have. Communication is bold, right? Like, uh, and like even you told me a story about about how you you had to get him to switch from scope to Listerine. 
That was a, that's a hard that even that would have been hard for some women to have with their man because of how they don't want to make him feel bad or something like because i mean if it's long story short he was using scope it wasn't strong enough to, to hit that breath back into his throat so she said get the listerine and, and now he's and now he's straight yeah yeah i i i think that people may not do something, for example, the Listerine scope deal, mm-hmm. because I don't smoke, I don't do this, I don't do that, so my breath is not fresh. My breath is fresh. <laughs> However, scope is a, a, a very mild mouthwash, mm. and some people can use it. However, I felt that we both needed it. Mm-hmm. I know I needed <laughs> Listerine, and so I was like, you might want to use some Listerine too. Can we just switch switch over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get the milder Listerine yeah. rather than the very strong one. Yeah, so one. that's what we use now. We use Listerine. And you know, I found I find it amazing that if a person that you say you love has some type of flaw, whether it's bad breath, bad genes, hygiene, whatever, and you don't tell them. Do you really think you love that person if you're mm. not telling them somebody else is talking about them? Like you know, you know how she live with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that. This that just that's just stupid. I'm just sorry. That's just don't make any sense. That's so it's so interesting because uh, with my ex, that it's something along that line, and it makes me feel what you just said. Maybe I didn't love her, and maybe uh, maybe I just wasn't bold as I thought I was with someone that I cared for. Because with her, she was uh, she had said at one point. Not said anything. Um, I mean, she did say she doesn't brush her teeth at night, and that was like that wasn't a flag for me. I just thought that was odd. But then I was like, maybe this is just, just a new experience for me to think about life. Like maybe brushing our teeth day and night is overrated. Like well, maybe I'm the one missing out, right? Like I started to, and what I was doing because I liked her a lot. I was kind of going underneath her, or going behind her and following her lead in this relationship. I think that's kind of what what. What uh and that was the start of it because uh-huh. other things happened to where it was like I should have checked her on it, um, but I didn't. Like I think at one point she almost tried to, she tried, she tried to tell me to get over racism, like to get over slavery, and like I didn't say anything then, and I should have. I should have said, "Yo, hold on, sweetheart, sweetheart, you, you, no offense, you are the last person to tell me how I should feel about anything to do with slavery, racism, or anything in between." And I didn't because I yeah. was, I think in this, this situation, I was falling back and I was trying to let her lead the situation. Yeah. But in the back of your mind, you knew that slavery was something that people who have never experienced it cannot say, get over it. They can't say, oh, get over it. Get we get over it. Mm-hmm. Why can't I, how can I get over it when it keeps hitting me in the face? Exactly. So here we are over 400, 500 years later. We were already in slavery 400 years. Now we had another 100 plus 200 years and we still have it in our face. It's in our face every day. Whether you live in North Carolina or whether you live on in New York, whether you live in California, you still are going to experience some slavery mentality people. Yeah, it's just different levels. Yeah, different levels. Different Absolutely, levels. different levels. And, and I like our history. I like our story 
because I mean, we don't even have to go that far back to 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 find out who our house slave was in our family. That's right. Because for me, it was my great grandmother. For you, it was a, your grandmother. And and you tell me stories uh, about how even how she treated you that showed the res, the effects and the results of that time, like mm-hmm. the colorism, the. All yeah. the, you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, did you, I mean, you probably, you don't have to answer this, but did you feel because you were darker than your sisters, she treated you worse? Is oh, your... yeah. That was not just my grandmother. That was my dad. Really? Too. My, uh, because we were three shades of browns, there was light. Light, light. Medium. Medium, cool. And dark. And because we had those three colors some of us were privileged more privileged because we were higher lighter than the other people other sisters and brothers until my father and my grandmother treated us differently Mm. and um as if light means better okay and as a child you see that and you're like oh my god what 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 you yeah. And then but nobody's going to explain it to you. So when you grow up, you have to to find out who you are and why you're here and your purpose. And it's not your sister or your brother's fault. Oh, is that did you did you take it out on your brothers and sisters? Some people do. But okay. you have and it happens all the time. But for me, I realized that I I hung out with my brothers and sisters who were older and the ones that are my age. And then my younger sisters and brothers, I hung out less because I had already left North Carolina and I was back. I'm here <laughs> in, in California. Yeah. And I've been moving around since then. But, um, yeah, there were a number of children in the family that considered themselves, I'm the black sheep. Black sheep was a name that that people would give themselves if they felt they were more under, underprivileged than their sisters or brothers. I'm like, what? You know black sheep. We don't have no black sheep in the family. Yes, you may not be as smart. No, you may not be able to read as well. But all of that can change. That's up to you. That's a choice that you choose. You choose to do whatever you want to do. You can be a better reader if you decide to read. You can't read, uh, be a better reader if you never read. <laughs> you're not going to improve on that. If You're not going to improve on writing if you never write. So those are the things you can change. You have to decide that. But don't hang that 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 stigmatism on yourself. I'm a black sheep. No, you're not a black sheep. But if that's what you choose, that's on you. That's on you. So I think my sisters and brothers, I probably get along with all my sisters and brothers better than most because I am a communicator. Again, communication is key. That's in every situation, whether raising children, and uh, when you're in your families. Because I do get uh, parents today who say, because I work in my church, and and um, parents will say, well, my, my child doesn't talk to me. <laughs> well, my child talks to me <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Not just my younger child, my oldest child used to talk to me a lot. Until you got married, he talked to me a lot. And so until he found someone else that could take up that he could talk to. And so I'm okay with that. You know, you need to talk, talk. You can talk about anything you want to. Anything. Yeah. Well, you can say that. You can say anything because you raised us to know the lines. Like yeah. everybody out there who's listening, don't don't say everything to your parents. <laughs> 
Don't don't say, don't say every little thought that come to your mind. Um, if you wasn't, if you, if they didn't teach you, listen to your, anyway, let, let your parents tell you the lines and just follow the lines and you can have any conversation with them. Um, talk to my, I've talked to you about a lot of things in my life. Um, but I enjoy the, the conversations that we have because you bring an element that I think a lot of my friends don't get to have because a lot of my friends had parents had them at like 20 and, um, you had me like late thirties. Late 30s. So, I get to have a, like, with you, I I had a mother and a grandmother in one, which is (laughs) kind of beautiful in itself, because I got the, I got the wisdom of a, of a, of a grandmother that they would put on their grandchildren after they realized they messed up with their child, right? right? And then, but then I also had a mother who was still my mother, Mm -hmm. and who, and who is living her life and discovering these new things and bringing them back. I mean, you're, you're a farmer, Essentially, that was your occupation, your first job in in North Carolina. And then you came to California and became a real estate agent. And and your goal since the beginning was to sell million dollar homes. 15 years later, you're you're getting close or you've gotten there. I'm going to tell your business, but you you out there. And I think that's not by accident. I think your story, your experience expresses that through your actions and through the results of those experiences, through the results of your actions because of those experiences. So that's why I talk to you so much. Like it's 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 because I understand that I am living in a very young world. Mm. And for me to excel in it, I got to have more wisdom because I'm slow anyway. I'm a slow person. I mean. You made a face like, I don't know about that, but I think I am. I think I'm very slow because a lot of the things, my, my, my mistakes, they happen and um, they, they, they just, they, they're dumb. And so I, I, just, I like listening, hearing your stories and your wisdom. And I just want to let you know, I, here in the podcast that I really do appreciate all of our hours of communication because they have definitely helped me be older than I am. People tell me all the time, oh, you're, you're older. Like my friend Kofi was telling me. I have an old soul. I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's amazing that they actually say that to you because uh, for your brother Kendrick, he always had an old soul. Yep. And I always used to say, you know, I think you're probably older than me. <laughs> um, some of the thinking that you have. But for you, I think the counseling or, or the communication that we developed and that I allowed you to be you, be who you are. Just talk to me about whatever it is, and I pray for guidance on what I'm going to talk to, what I'm going to say. I never, I, since I'm praying all the time as a parent, I pray that the Lord would help you see your in-depthness, help you see your smartness help you see beyond anything that you could ever be. Cause you, you have great potential. You had a lot of going on. You just couldn't tap into it because you had, you had these other emotions that were caving in on you. I'm like, if he could just let that go, then he could see his, where his straight line is going. Sometimes you got to get rid of the noise. So all these other things that people do, they may have did them without even recognizing that they were hindering you or, or bringing you down or suppressing you. They have no idea. They were just probably in their 
in their mind doing what they did to survive. And so when you realize that these things are not going to dictate your future, one of the things in life, we cannot let other people's actions dictate our actions. We have to respond and not react. And when I learned two things, I learned, you don't get to dictate what I'm going to act like. I'm not your little puppet. And secondly, I have some, God has a design plan for my life. What is it? I need to go talk to him. I need to ask him. And when I start needing, and I, as I act, ask him, then I start working on me. So I read books. I listen to audible books. I'm always looking for answers and I'm always moving forward because you can't, if you're not walking, that means you're standing still. Mm -hmm. Even you may not know if you're going in the right direction, but it's just like a compass. You start walking and then your God has, has a way of designing your path. I like how you, you, I believe like, I like how you talk about God and, and, um, and you can do it without having to talk about religion. Like, because I know you're religious. I know your religion. I, I grew up in it. Um, but it's something about, you know, being able to, cause you said books, you didn't say gospel books. You didn't say pastor books. You didn't say anything of the sort. You said books and you read those pastor books, I'm sure. Yeah. But for you, what I've always admired is, I mean, we have, had long conversations about even zodiac signs because your mind isn't closed even though even though you believe in god and 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 christianity because because to me i think you understood that god jesus christ god is your base that's right exactly so if you have a solid base you can go out there and explore explore if you want to you can go look at this and that and read this and that and and look at it and not be tainted or and 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 feel like oh my god god's going to judge me you can go out and hang out with friends that like to smoke weed just don't smoke weed with them <laughs> like zodiac didn't just start with with young people zodiac is in the bible they had that in the bible they had people who read those signs and who did all of those things they they were there mm. But God, who who who's who who's who surpass who surpasses everything? God, all of that other stuff is still there. It's in the Bible. Mm. If you don't read the Bible, then you won't know what's in the Bible. Mm. And you should have a plan, a reading, a Bible reading plan that takes you every day. I read the Bible. I read uh, New Testament, and I need I read Old Testament. <laughs> it coincides, and that way. The things that you read, you can read the whole Bible in a year mm-hmm. on yourself. Some people never read the whole Bible in their in their whole life. I tried. I stopped at Exodus. Well, I that go. didn't get you very far. <laughs> <laughs> Genesis, Exodus, okay, that's the second book. Okay. I mean. Yeah, but I'm saying you can coincide. You can have a reading program. Download the Bible app and have a reading program and you would be surprised at all the things that you will learn that nobody is going to preach from the pulpit. Yeah. And so, uh, because he didn't say that you should just listen to the minister. He said, go and study thy word. Go look at it for yourself. So that's why I remember the first time I read the Bible in its entirety, I was probably 22 years old. Wow. 
well, I needed to know. I needed to know something. My life was upside down. I had all these issues. I had a son with your firstborn son. <laughs> I had a kid. Yeah. And I needed to figure things out. And I thought, well, let me, I read a lot of things. Let me just read the Bible too. Let me incorporate that too. Because I know as a child, when I was growing up, I, I read everything but the Bible. And I used to tell my mom, so my mom would say, oh, you should read the Bible. Like, no, I want to do that. She said, well, you read everything else. I know, but I don't want to read that. And then one day I became my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I became that woman. Said, you know, you might want to try that because I read everything else, and I, I'm a oh, big... oh, so you mean the love, the all in love with that man part of your mom? Is that what you mean? No, I meant be the person my mom was. I can the things I tell you are things my mom would tell me. Oh, okay, so I became my mom. Gotcha. And I thought, oh, I'm saying stuff that my mother would have said mm-hmm. if she was still living. Mm-hmm. Okay, I became my mom. Okay. So the things I and and wisdom because I'm think I'm glad you decided to have this interview with me today because um, I've always had a number of older women in my life. I'm not someone who has all young people or people my age. Most of my friends are 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and 30 years older than me. And it's because I found that their stories, I was like, wow, that happened to you? Yep. is amazing and that helped me in my growth and so i tell people don't look at elderly people as like i don't want to hang out with that old woman <laughs> uh, you just just go listen to their talks i mean the things that they have done the accomplishments that they've gone through the pain that they've felt right and the the path the pay they paved the way and here we are yeah I've, i'm like that too all of my i mean in the Bay Area, it's weird. I have a lot of friends that are my age. But growing up, though, I was always hanging out with the older kids anyway. And, I mean, they, I was annoying, but, like, they, I was funny enough to hang out with the older kids. And I find the same thing. Like, I, I just relate better with people older than me than people my age and younger. Yeah. It's weird. And I don't I, – I, I, I used to not understand it. Um, but I think I do know now – I do know why – I think older people were just nicer. <laughs> people my age and younger, they were just they they had they had issues. Uh, they really did. They had, and then they would go on the gas. They push the gas, and they didn't know how to take the brake on on messing with people. And I think you know, I just and on on and on top of that, mom, you're you just you're 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 what you had me at late thirties, right? So just imagine that. Growing up with nobody in their 20s besides Kendrick, who was doing his own life at that time, no one's teaching me what the young kids are talking about. Like, I'm not at home watching Disney Channel. I mean, I am, but I'm not watching everything that they're watching. I'm watching, like, Friday and and um, The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Like, I'm watching these stuff because that's what my father was watching. My brothers are watching. Like, we're not watching kid stuff. So when I get to school, I'm not relating to these kids. I'm not looking at the stu- looking at the stuff the same way as they are. Mm. They a lot of them are, are are only children, only have a brother their age, so they're not they're not understanding that. Yo, I got a brother that's fifteen years older than me, bro. <laughs> I've been rapping Tupac lyrics since I was four years old. I know, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying? He died the year that I was born. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
or maybe two, it was 94, maybe, I, I believe. So he died when I was two. Um, he died in my area, but I felt his presence in my home. Yeah. So it was like, that's why it was so hard for me. That's why I have older friends, and that's why I relate more with older people, because all my life I've been around only older people. I mean, you, your friends, when you said were older, I was with you with these 30-plus-year-old friends. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, Well, that that should have, I believe, helped you in as you got older, as, as much as you fought growing <laughs> up. You didn't want to grow up. You just wanted to be a kid. And, and I still want to be a kid. Irresponsible. Irresponsible, um, but you continued to grow, and I believe your trip to New York really opened up your eyes to see the world in a different light. Because California can be a lot misleading, because it's oh yeah, it's it everything looks like it's it's all uh, what do you call sunshines and butterflies, sunshine and blue skies, and everybody's happy and all of that and never really gets too cold and uh, you got money falls on uh, shakes off of trees Mm and um, everything's good. And then you go to a city like Newburgh, which is one of the smaller cities in New York and 60, 60 miles from New York city. And you, and if you go there um, in the winter, it looks similar to a graveyard site it's just so gloomy it's so gloomy right it's gloomy Mm -hmm. and you go there in the summer it's good everybody's partying having barbecues you know every weekend yeah and then the sun goes down (laughs) (laughs) and the wolves come out the wolves come out you're like oh my god it's so cold here yeah and you know but i think that after your first year there you thought "Mm, this is what the other side of the world deals with and I believe that you started to see life in a whole different light. Oh, yeah, definitely. I saw racism clearly in New York, definitely. Because in California, it's, they're so good at hiding it. They're <laughs> so good. But it was funny when I realized racism and I understood it in New York, the memories of California came back and I realized, oh, they got over on me. These mother, they got over on me. All right, bet. And, um, you know, living out there was an experience in and of itself because it was fast paced. It was New York and it was, it was gloomy. Yes. But it was also like, Oh, this is real life. Like it's, it's real. And if you go out here and play with it, you won't be real no more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it, you know, it helps to be from the Bay, you know, that definitely helps because we do have winners here and we have cities like Oakland and, and SF and Richmond and, and, um, Hayward, we have all these, like we Pittsburgh, we have all these cities that are a little harsh um, that prepare you for things like um, just, you know, basic interactions with communication with individuals. You know, mm-hmm. you grew up on the BART station and in the bus and you talking to people every time, every day. Uh, you find regulars, you got books to read and you get to Newburgh and you realize that, you know, um, these are your people. First and foremost, these are your people. Mm-hmm. This is black as it's going to get. And they either, and I had to... Um, I learned that I, even there, I wasn't being authentically myself. And I had to figure out who I was. And I had to figure out what I really wanted. Because um, to be honest, past 21, I didn't have a, I didn't have an idea of anything. I, I didn't think I'd make it past 21. My Matter of fact, my only goal was to just get 21 so I could drink in public. And then I was cool. <laughs> like, I was cool with life. I, I, did, I lived. I did, I did what more than I thought that I could do for myself. Like, I didn't do college yet. 
I didn't do, uh, I just graduated from high school. I, all I wanted to do was graduate from high school. Because I didn't want to be the only brother that didn't graduate from high school. That was the only reason why I graduated high school. So you see my, my logic, though? Like, I'm not going to school because I think it's good for me. I'm going so that I'm not the black sheep of the family. <laughs> Straight up. So then when I got to New York, it was new. Like, really new. Like, at this point, I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I now, what does that mean? What do you want to do? So from 18 to 21 or to 20, because I was up there for like almost three years, I got to experience travel. I got to experience partying. I got to experience women in a different caliber than I did in, in California. And one thing I learned is I love New York women. And two, I'm an idiot. Like I'm dumb, dumb. Like people are taking my money and 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 I'm losing like I'm t- taking my money off of like chicken bets. Like, like one of my friends to this day, shout out to Dizzy Spin City. I was out, we were eating chicken in Bro- in Brooklyn. We just cooked it all together whatever. And um I remember he bet me. He said, "I bet you I I I, buy, I can bite through this chicken wing, right right through the middle." Right? And I'm looking at him and I'm like, "Why well, ain't see him take a bone out? This easy $5 right here. I'll take that bet." He bit in right through the middle of it. And I felt like an idiot. And I think week a week or two after that, I started looking at colleges to go to. <laughs> like straight up. I was like, now nah, what? Now nah, I don't know enough. I thought I knew some stuff. I don't know enough. So I appreciate Newberg and I always shout out Newberg and I give a credit to Newberg for my growth and who I am today. Um, especially when my accent comes out. Even though I'm not from there, my, my accent stayed. But yeah, like Newburgh is a city, is it's a great city. I'm going to go back eventually, maybe. Who knows? But um, yeah, I do appreciate it. Um, we're getting. We're, I mean, we're getting ready to you ready. You want to keep going? Because I, I think that we can wrap this up. Okay. I don't know about you, but uh, we can we can end it on Newburgh because Newburgh was where I learned. Mm-hmm. I went there at 18 years old. Thought I was going to New York City. <laughs> um, I got there. <laughs> It was the funniest thing. My brother Bernard and his wife and kid, and I jumped in the car with my suitcase and uh, two suitcases, a Bible somebody (laughs) gave me. And I went to New York and moved in with them and started to walk the streets of Newburgh. And I thought, wow, this is interesting. (laughs) And hanging out at the bar with my brother CJ and wasn't even old enough to be at a bar, wasn't 21, mm. and they they giving me liquor, and they're not even checking ID. I thought, man, this is cool. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, because I'm, 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 I didn't stay there very long. I One, one year. <laughs> it was good enough for you, huh? I was huh? like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> I got to go. Uh, but my first, my year there was, I got there in July, and... By the time January the next year came, I knew that I was going to leave. <laughs> I did not know how I was going to leave. I did not know where I was going to go. And I remember telling my brother John, I said, you know, I'm going to leave. He said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. But I know I'm leaving here because I'm not going to have another winter in New York. <laughs> it's not going to happen. This is before global global warming, too. So this winters are real out there. Um, the sun went down right around Thanksgiving and we didn't see any sun <laughs> until May the next year. And I'm like, Jesus, it, yeah. it was snowing. It was raining. It was 
cold. It was chilling to my, I can still feel how cold (laughs) it was. Hated it. And so around, around June, I started looking for opportunities. How did I go looking for opportunities? I picked up a black enterprise magazine and the black enterprise magazine. It has opportunities. There were schools to go to and stuff that people never talk about. And I found a school that I wanted to join, go to. And so I applied for the school. I got in in August. In August, I was leaving. And they was like, How, do you know anybody? I went to Florida. I was going to Florida to go to school. So it was a, it was a, a, a trade school. They, they taught all kinds of stuff. They taught modeling. They taught public relations. They taught, how, taught you how to be an airline stewardess, um, fashion design. And I said, no, I got in. I'm going to Florida. Who do you know in Florida? <laughs> I don't know anybody, but I'm going. I was that, if you ever gone to Vegas or any city and you've seen somebody standing there with a sign when they get out of the airport, that would, that, that, my name was on that card. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I hadn't met the people. I only talked to them on the phone. Yeah. And when I got off the plane, I met the lady. And they, she took me to my apartment that I was going to live in. I told my parents I was moving to Florida. They was... Like what? <laughs> <laughs> Is she crazy? Right. Yeah. So, but that was the start of my adventure in life, and I had no fear. Had no fear, and I think you got some of that after you went to New York, and when you weren't sure where you wanted to go, the circle wrapped this up. You didn't know what you wanted to do when you graduated high school, and I said, "I got a plan," and. Where's a better place to go and set a hair other than New York? Cause. Oh, that's right. Because I was I had did a project in high school about hair, and I was already cutting my own hair and cutting some friends' hair, and I was going to go out to Newburgh to be a barber. Right. And you were like, if you're going to go all the way to Newburgh to be a barber, you might as well learn everything about hair. Yeah. And you don't, you're the reason why I became a cosmetologist. Yeah. You, you find the school for me out there and everything. I was just like, I guess I'm going to be a cosmetologist too then. Yeah, we found the school. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was that expensive to do it and learn. And it taught you some responsibilities. And you had a goal. You had to finish school and then get a job. And right after you graduated from that school, you got a job. And that's when you learned to, um, that you wanted to make more money than doing hair. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but no disrespect. No disrespect. It's you can make money in that field. It's just the level of work that I'd have to put in. I knew I didn't have that in me for what for that particular field. But I do really appreciate. Me too. Capri and and that school. Like the women there were amazing to me. Like super kind. Got me a birthday cake at one point. Um, they were just super sweet, like all the time. And I and I did myself the great service of not having sex with any of them because that <laughs> that makes our bond so strong like i'm cool with all of them like it's it's a different feeling um to like meet women and talk to women to what to the school yeah you go find the people that you graduated with oh yeah i followed them on instagram they two of them pregnant right now wow they got married one yeah they got married they did it the right way they got married not the right way i mean they did it their way they got married and had a kid but um i I mean I, i see some of them on um instagram but 
no, I do. I, I don't know. It was it was an interesting experience too. Like you know, learning from women, like being around women all day. Yeah, but so but you're the only out of all my sons. You're the only one who, at least, traveled in some of the on some of the path that I traveled, going to New York and Newburgh, and being in that city for two years. I was there twelve months, because um, I had I just couldn't take it. And two and a half, almost three. Yeah, but I. I I I couldn't do it for three years. One year was enough for me. Um, but I'm stubborn. <laughs> I'm stubborn. I you know it was it was an experience, and I think that helped you. And and I knew it would help you. I knew you had no idea what was getting ready to happen. <laughs> and I I but I I didn't know what was getting ready to happen when I went there at eighteen at e- either. But I realized that once I got there. That this is not exactly what my goal was in coming to New York, and that's so crazy because Newburgh is honestly a great city. It like is. it is a, such a great city. Shout out to Liberty Street. Shout out to the river, the waterfront, whatever they call it. Shout like, out to the college. To the college. Uh oh, oh it's at, at SUNY Orange now, but I think it used to call it used to be called um, Saint Mary's. Or? No, Saint Mary's. That's another college there. But the, I, I'm talking about the community college. You're talking about the actual college, the Saint yeah. Mary's College. I Saint went out Mary's, there. Saint I partied out there with them too. That mm-hmm. was cool. Shout out to SUNY Orange Community College. I went out there too. That, that was where I started my college journey. Shout out to my uh, belated cousin Larry who oh helped my God. out. Oh my gosh, I don't think I would have made it uh, with you if he hadn't stepped in and started taking you to school every day. Yep. He, uh, mm-hmm. So he stepped up, and even though he was sick, he was doing it. Um, and I really appreciate that. Always shout out to Larry. Shout out to cousin Larry. Him. Uh, Poppy, his son. Poppy, um, yeah. Just, I mean that that. Shout out to Tony who let you live with him. <laughs> Shout out to Ice, of Ice. course, who taught me valuable lessons about yeah. just business and family, and he showed me a, a New Yorker love. Yeah, that was different. Shout out to your uncle CJ. Shout out to Uncle CJ. Teaches you the hard way. He doesn't have a book. Uh, uh, CJ doesn't have a a guide. He just has it CJ's way. We call it CJ's way. Yeah, he can't. He can't <laughs> teach it, so you gotta just watch him. <laughs> you don't know how to show you nothing. You gotta yeah. watch him work. Yeah, yeah. And that, and um, and so those experiences, those people, you know, they shaped me. Um, they were so like the experience. It's 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 just experience. Like at the end of the day, this world, like death, is inev- inevitable. So to think about it beyond anything else. Like to think about it when it's not presently in front of you was just a waste of time. Yeah, and also I want to give a shout out to Pudding for she oh, housed Pudding. You as well. She Pudding, Rel, Laquita, like yeah. like Newburgh is love. Like it's all love. I can't yeah. wait to. I hope I get shows out there. I want to go and really have live shows out there and really talk to the people out there and like hang out with, with my fam again because. Cause like we were mentioning were people who held me down. Like when I needed a place to stay, I had ice and then I moved to puddings and she got me another place somewhere else. Shout out to Miss Williams. Like I never met her, but yeah. You, yeah. Like Miss Williams, Darrell, like, uh, her, her daughter, La Boss. Like it's, uh, I mean, her name is Daria, but, uh, shout out to La Boss. But it's like, like these, these were people who were genuinely kind to me and some of them didn't have to be like, we weren't, we didn't have family ties with all of them. Well, for the majority of them, yes, but we didn't. And they stepped up. They be they were family. They showed me love, and and that's something that I get to give forward to someone else. So when it's time for like when when our cousin, well, my cousin, your uh, maybe yours, your cousin, uh, Qu- uh, Quintonia's son. That's my uh, 
Quintani is my niece. That's your niece, right? So that's your great nephew. nephew. When he went out to Spain or wherever he went to, I threw him extra money just because I knew what that's like. And I, and I and and when I get my own house and people need somewhere to stay, I can't wait to have my guest room open to people that I, I can trust to be in the crib. And I but that's stuff that I want to do. Like I don't I don't want a million dollars to just have a million dollars. It's like I want a million dollars to build a house. I want a million dollars to do this and that and then and just give it up to y'all to do what y'all want to do because it was done for me. And it's selfish of me to have had such beautiful yeah. treatment it, it would be and great not give for it back. People to migrate, some people to migrate to California. Um and I've been here thirty two years and I still haven't gotten anyone to move here. <laughs> Got uh, them to visit, but not to stay. They they come to visit, but that's <laughs> it. So uh hopefully at some point in time young people who have some foreseeing of moving to the west coast will um consider moving either to LA or so that means I got to stay in LA then huh you don't have to i mean you know <laughs> they could move to california move to the northern california that would be fine that would be dope um all right well we can we can uh close it out um also just just i mean we didn't get the chance to tell her story and talk about her um, uh, because we were so indelved with the East, but I also want to do a special shout out and a dedication. Um, I should have said this in the beginning, but this episode will be dedicated to Mama Doris, um, who was your um adopted, adopted mother, and um, who adopted you out in California at forty. <laughs> who uh, you know, you were you had just lost your mom. Um, not not to tell your story, you know, if you know whatever you want, tell me when, when to stop. But um. You know, just she was there for you in the same way that I just described. Newberg was there for me, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um, you needed, you still needed a mother figure, and she stepped in, and and you was her daughter figure, and helped her as well. And she was my, I I always knew who my grandparents were, but I never felt like I missed, and I never had to meet my grandparents like that. So I never felt like I missed love from my grandparents because I had her in my life. And um, we buried her a couple of weeks ago during um, in February. I think mm-hmm. it was a Sunday. Um, but, you know, to her family, um, you know, prayers, but to us, a part of her family as well, like, it just, I didn't feel right not addressing her at all, because um, she was an amazing woman, and she showed me family is, love is love, but it also showed me that, you know, give, to be giving, to be of service to people is the best way to spend your life. Right. Absolutely. She was amazing, and... Uh, again, Mama Doris is 30 years my age and we spent hours talking, hours talking about stuff and hanging out and um, she's a older woman who never got old. <laughs> she never wore old folk clothes. Everything was always hip. She never wore thick shoes or stuff that older people wear. She wouldn't wear that. She might wear tennis shoes, but she <laughs> she mm-hmm. was not wearing some of the stuff that elderly people wear. She's like, I'm not old. <laughs> yep. And she never got old. And so it's all about what what's in your mind. It's all about mindset. And there again, mindset determines where you will set. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a bar. She just left y'all with a bar. Um. All right. Uh, this is You Got a Story. I am your host, O to the T. Maybe I just start using that from now on instead of O to the MFT. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Um, thanks, Mom, again for coming and spending an hour with me. I know you said you only had 20 minutes, but I got an hour out of you because I'm good at this. <laughs> um, I love you, and I thank you. But, yeah, uh, we're going to close out. This is You Got a Story.
and we're out. Uh, deuces, uh, many blessings. One later, holla. I know I-